0: We don't sugarcoat shit. <coughs> this is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Arriba! Hi everyone. Welcome to Connecting the Dot on Renegade Talk Radio. Uh, this is Wednesday, the 21st of June, 2017. And this is Everly Isby. And I'll just start reading here. I want to talk a bit into the shooting at the Republican baseball practice last week in Alexandria, Virginia, because there's some interesting perspectives, and it just keeps all these dots just keep growing and growing and growing. And some of this is speculation, but it's important to keep it in your head if you're following or thinking about any of this stuff going down right now. There's an interesting perspective, which made sense to me, that comes from veteran investigative journalist Liz Crokin, who was recently interviewed by Sean Kerrigan at the SGT Report. And Crokin claimed it was more than likely an assassination attempt on Majority Whip Steve Scalise, who's a Republican from Louisiana. Uh, he was the one who was shot in the hip which also tore through other organs and bones, leaving him in critical condition. Uh, Although I did just hear that he has been upgraded to Sirius, which is better, but he's not out of the dark yet. But now why was he potentially targeting Scalise? This is what Liz Crokin is alluding to. Majority Whip Scalise is at the forefront of a campaign against trafficking, Shortly before Scalise was shot at the baseball field, he had gone public with statements announcing his campaign to expose the human trafficking networks, which of course involves the abhorrent and pervasive pedophilia that has infected the halls of power and influence in D.C. and beyond for a very long time. The shooter... James Hodgkinson left his Illinois residence some two months previous and has been living in a D.C. YMCA, which indicates, obviously, that the shooting was premeditated. That he is dead means that, once again, we'll never know much more about this lone net as dead men tell no tales. They always die, don't they? All these terrorists, lone assassins, all these kind of people, they, they always shoot them to death. They never they never just can take them down and hold trial. No, They don't want anybody talking here. And that's becoming more and more obvious all the time. But Liz Croquin believes that this shooting and everything else that we see awry in Washington, like the claims of Russian hacking, Russians did this, the Russians are guilty of that, they, they did it, they did it, without any evidence being produced all the while. The calls within the mainstream media to assassinate Trump, uh, the lot of it, is due, according to Liz, to the D.C. Pedophilia Ring's desperate attempts to keep a lid on their racket and to shut down the Trump administration's initiative to end human trafficking. What's interesting is when you combine Liz Crokin's speculations from her insider experience as an investigative uh, reporter in D.C. for about, I think she's worked for about 20 years or so, uh, and then combine it with what George Webb's crowdsourced the truth investigations are potentially revealing, the tentacles of a vast criminal network are taking shape. The pedophilia human trafficking is, I suppose you could say, the in- integral, integral of glue In this whole operation, because it is the vehicle that leads to the compromise and or corruption of officials in their various capacities, whether elected officials or career bureaucrats. Oh gosh, my tongue is not working very well. Elected officials or career bureaucrats, either one, that's how they compromise them, that's how they corrupt them, to keep them under the thumb of others with specific agendas is just part of a much larger criminal network that includes drug trafficking, child trafficking to continue the ongoing pedophilia rings, the pay-to-play international arms deals, of which the Clinton Foundation is party to, money laundering, and a long list of compromised and colluding participants within many branches of government, the military, and the intelligence communities utilizing the hundreds also, and this is how they're doing it, they're utilizing hundreds upon hundreds of the US military bases we have worldwide to move all this stuff around. It's absolutely huge. It's the most probably affecting a majority of players in and beyond. I've heard it quoted that somewhere between the neighborhood of seventy percent of our elected officials, for example, are implicated, Compromised and corrupted in some way, shape, or form or other. This could, this, all this coming down right now, this could take the current two party tyranny political system down. And that's no small potatoes, folks. It's a major understatement, Renegade Nation. And Seth Rich's, Seth Rich's murder is but the tip of the iceberg of the criminal and corrupt foundation of that thing called DC which the Trump administration is attempting to expose, as well as in Trump's drain-the-swamp promise, which is arguably the reason that we're all seeing this all-out war to take this administration down. Makes absolute sense to me. But also, uh, I found through Forbidden Knowledge TV that the crowdsourcethetruth.org's Jason Goodman, who is working closely with George Webb, Well, Jason Goodman had recently had to fly to and from Columbus, Ohio to bail George Webb out of jail on a $3,500 driving under the influence charge after George was busted sleeping in his car. Interesting. I mean, when you think about the fact that Webb was sleeping in his vehicle, (laughs) I mean, the question I ask is, why is it that He'd receive a Driving Under the Influence, a DUI, when he was not actually driving. Kind of hard to wreak havoc or cause harm when you're asleep in your vehicle. But that's just me. I sometimes attempt to be logical, I guess. I don't know. My apologies. Sounds to me like a combination of profit-seeking, as the for-profit corporate police departments have become along with an excuse to get him in custody for questioning, perhaps, which did occur by the FBI. In connection with his trip, his tip, I should say, he gave a tip to the Coast Guard about a Maersk cargo vessel that might be carrying a dirty bomb in the port of Charleston, South Carolina. Um, But I asked questioning the tactic. I mean, why couldn't the FBI simply contact him? For questioning, instead of involving Webb in the inconvenience of a DUI bust, but then, you know, I wasn't there. I don't have all the information at that, that. In my last show, though, uh, which was particularly partially based on an interview of George Webb by John B. Wells, I paraphrased the first ten or fifteen minutes of that interview and took notes, uh, but I hadn't watched the whole thing at that point. I did get around to listening to the uh, entire interview the next day, and it was interesting, but it was also rather convoluted and confusing. But then I had to, you know, kind of remind myself that the network of these various criminal enterprises he's been uncovering is so vast, I suppose it's difficult to describe in any concise way the complexities of what's going on. But as i listened to that interview i found myself thinking you know it's hard to imagine that george webb who has no real experience as an investigative journalist they call him a citizen journalist i mean how could he manage to establish so many sources and gather the kind of evidence he has apparently compiled so far you know in just the few months i mean the first half of this year but you know then you have to remember he's not doing all this work himself many independent researchers and their inside sources assisting through crowdsourcethetruth.org. But, as uh, Liz Crokin spoke into that fact as well in her interview with Sean Kerrigan, uh, while she credited George Webb with some good investigative work that has been done, she was also a bit skeptical of Webb as well and noted that in his uh, proliferate YouTube updates of his investigation she commented on the fact that he was often noticeably under the influence. I won't make any judgments because I can't. And who knows what kind of pressure he's really under and the element of danger, I mean possibly involved in what he is doing not possibly, probably. Uh, You know it's just hard to know but there is an element of danger involved in what he's doing and even if he's not who he makes himself out to be, uh, that there could potentially be ties to unknown agendas. It's all hard to say, renegade nation. But we just need to keep our discernment muscles in full antennae alert as we watch all of this stuff play out. We all know that that thing in D.C. is and has been corrupt to its core for so long now. How many of us don't know that? I, I, I don't think there's anybody. Um, but not everyone is corrupt, you know, but I mean, just in general, at the most powerful levels, it's interesting to hear now the details of all that is coming out these days as disgusting as it all is. There is a sense of satisfaction to me that comes from hearing those details that have been kept from us all over these years. Now we're getting the when, where and hows of the what. That is the bottom line of how much abuse that government and its various associations, especially within the financial banking systems that have been dishing out to us all our lives, stealing more and more out of our pockets each day as they pass, stealing our assets, our resources to line their pockets and fulfill agendas that are not in the interests of the majority of the people on this planet the endless wars. I could go on and on. I'm done, though. That's all I can say. I mean, enough is enough. I'm so tired of it all. And maybe it's true. Maybe we're witnessing all of this shit hitting the fan because the system is going down. And while all of this shit is flying at us, I mean, it's just constant every day after day, pretty soon the air will clear and maybe we can breathe again without smelling the stench of a totally corrupt political system. Wouldn't that be liberally? Oh, God. That's what I dream. It's what I wish. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break here. I'll be right back. But I just want to say, in what I'm going to talk in next, they're murdering lawyers down in Florida, (laughs) which quite a lot of us would probably say to ourselves, well, (laughs) that's a good start. (laughs) But it is interesting how it's all connected, once again, and it involves, drumroll, the DNC, and the Clinton, Podesta, Huma Wiener, email leaks, surprise, surprise, and another big surprise, Renegade Nation, the mainstream media is not talking about it. Total blackout, folks. This is Everly Isby. I'll be right back. More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back to Connecting the Dots. Uh, This is Everly once again. And as I said, they're killing lawyers and others... Three attorneys have died so far, two week period, down in, okay, now I'm connecting dots here, the Democratic Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz's district down in Florida, folks. <laughs> but it's more than that, as you'll see. If you remember, uh, Wasserman Schultz had to announce her resignation from the position as chairman of the Democratic National Committee after WikiLeaks released a collection of hacked emails indicating that Wasserman Schultz and other members of the DNC staff showed bias against the presidential campaign of Senator Bernie Sanders in favor of Hillary Clinton's campaign. In other words, (laughs) she was a party to fraudulent stealing of the primaries from Sanders so that Hillary could be the Democratic nominee for president. No, Everly, no, Russia did it! Not, As you see, this is all such a blatant murderous criminality gone over the top bizarre and brazen stuff that's going down here. I mean, I kid you not. Of the three deaths of the attorneys, one died on June 5th of a hit and run at 100 miles per hour. Obviously not an accident. Another died on June 9th, allegedly saying he committed suicide. Uh, do you believe that? And the third dead lawyer, and this is all once again be- within a two week period, was named uh, uh, Barrington, excuse me, Barrington Wiesent, uh who was a federal prosecutor who was working on the DNC fraud case. Now, Weasenant was working on passports and all kinds of weird things like that that seemed semi linked the DNC fraud. Wiesenant was found on Hollywood Beach in Florida, and he died of a shot to the head. Wiesenant worked in the uh, Major Crimes Unit of the U.S. Attorney's Office in Miami and usually dealt with immigration cases. ABC News reported that, quote, he'd been working on visa and passport fraud cases, according to court documents, unquote. Now, that may not seem to be connected in any obvious way, but apparently it is. Uh, Some believe that we're investigating the immigration status of the Awan brothers. These were the Pakistani congressional IT aides who have been accused of stealing equipment and the possible breaches of the house IT network. Imran Awan worked for Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Which is very interesting because in the last show I talked about George Webb's interview, uh, where he talked into the evidence that he's in the org investigations that are uncofer- uncovering, excuse me, a massive criminal network of the human trafficking, pedophilia, drug running, and arms exchanges in their pay-play schemes. But here's a quote from George Webb about the Awan brothers that I. I did in the last show, uh, and this was regarding the encrypted BlackBerries that the criminal network utilizes. And he said, I had to work on the BlackBerries with the A1 brothers. I didn't know who they were when he said that. Now I know. The same BlackBerries that are doing the pay to play, and there are big weapons programs, and all the subcontractors they are all forced to use these secured BlackBerries. You crack the blackberries, you get the whole thing. Along with the Huma emails, all that together and the whole thing just falls apart. And I mean, falls apart. Unquote. Toward the latter part of uh, May, Miss Wasserman Schultz threatened the police chief of her district with, quote, consequences for not returning the laptops seized in the investigation of the Awan brothers. Okay, now, a politician is brazen enough to threaten a police chief to turn over evidence in an investigation? Seriously? Now, that's food for thought, isn't it? She feels that confident that she can threaten a police chief? (laughs) Has the DNC gone? On full mafia? Seriously? Pressure is also being put on lead prosecutor Jared Beck, his co-counsel, whose name is uh, Colin O'Brien, stated, this seems like an important case, as important as you can get, unquote. Yet, Renegade Nation, there is a total media blackout on this case and what has been going down. Lawyers are accusing Debbie Wasserman Schultz of intentional, willful, wanton, and malicious conduct in violating Article 5, Section 4, of the DNC charter which states that the chair must exercise impartiality and even-handedness as between the presidential candidates and campaigns. The lawsuit was filed on behalf of 150 donors to the DNC and Sanders Which and it was also in response to the emails posted by Wikileaks which the lawyers say proves that the DNC was working with Sanders from against Sanders, excuse me. The D.C. was working against Sanders from the start. The party is accused of fraud, misrepresentation, unjust enrichment, breach of fiduciary duty, and negligence. A quote from the lead prosecutor, prosecutor Jared Beck, on Redacted Tonight, who brought this case, said, We are bringing fraud claims on behalf of those who paid money to the Bernie Sanders campaign, believing that they were participating in a fair and impartial political process. And that turned out not to be the case, as WikiLeaks and Guccifer 2.0 documents show us beyond dispute. But on April 25th, the DNC filed its second motion to dismiss the case, arguing that they are under, get this, no contractual obligation to follow their own charter. (laughs) and right to favor one candidate over another. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes, it's all about the DNC and those who run it. It's not about the voting process and what the people want. No, we don't have to worry about the rule of law. No, 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 no. I mean, do you see the arrogance and state of mind of these people, like the Debbie Wasserman Schultzes of this world? Oh my God. The corruption and the criminal elements running politics today? This is just focusing on the DNC and what happened during the last presidential election. But I am sure, renegade nation, that if people started poking around the Republican National Committee, a lot of dirt would most certainly be found there as well. The way I look at it, you know, it's it's really just one party speaking out of two sides of its mouth. Plus... George Webb's disclosure are definitely saying that both sides of the aisle are involved in the criminal conspiracies. As for Debbie Wasserman Schultz, with all that has been released that points absolutely to her uh, alleged guilt on many levels, she is running for office. Can you believe that? I mean, now how does a politician who was forced to resign from the DNC over obvious fraud allegations, even get the okay to run for political office to represent the people in any capacity whatsoever. I mean, you have to fill out an application and they do background checks. She's very famous now over the whole DNC thing. But they're letting her run down in Miami? Really? Okay, Okay. what does that tell you? The only conclusion is that the whole system is a total fraud in and of itself. What other conclusion is there? So here's the latest status of the goings-on in Florida after all these murders. The lead prosecutor, Jared Beck, has filed a motion on behalf of himself, the plaintiffs, the witnesses, and their families, as well as counsel colleagues, for protection by the court, Judge Williams-Lock, fearing for their lives. Citing they also cited uh, in this order, this motion to pr- for protection the unsolved murder of Seth Rich, the recent deaths of the three other attorneys affiliated with the case within a two-week period, the untimely death also of a Sean Lucas, who was a process server for the DNC lawsuit, and also of uh, the allegations of ongoing threats being received by the plaintiffs, witnesses, and their families. It's pretty obvious that the collusion and criminality runs very deep. Even, here's another example, the Oath Keepers have extended an offer to provide security in this situation, which is most probably needed, because this lawsuit that has been brought against the DNC keeps getting weirder. And there's also the alleged involvement of the Capitol Police, which I reported in the Seth murder in that one show uh, Seth Rich had not received fatal wounds okay he didn't even know he was shot uh, when when people came on the scene to uh, you know first responders uh, he, he didn't know he was shot it was apparently two small caliber like 22 caliber bullets that went through him uh, he was rushed to the hospital had successful surgery as reported by a resident surgeon on duty that morning uh, he said there was no fatal wounds involved. The guy was going to survive. And he was stable, alive, and well for at least five to eight hours afterwards when D.C. police arrived in the intensive care unit, took it over, kicked out all but a skeleton crew of caregivers, and barred anyone from entering and checking on Seth Rich at his bedside post-surgery. Then... Seth Rich mysteriously died. And according to uh, Liz Kroken from that interview that I was talking about earlier, she says that no autopsy was performed. Really? Apparently. And no death certificate has been released. Hmm. This just gets yeah bizarre, isn't it? It's over the top. And I have to say I'm somewhat speechless here, Renegade Nation. Believe it or not, I I am. I I just... You know, when, when President Trump said recently that he had inherited a real mess. (laughs) I do believe that is like one of the hugest understatements of all time. But this is a prime example, and I would say uh, you need to think about this. This is a prime example of the deep state at work. People name it many different things. But it consists of a very few people who have had designs of what I can only describe as ruthless, greedy, fascist control. And another aspect of the deep state comes, I believe, from a potential root cause from back around the end of World War II, which I'm going to talk into. And this is what I feel has led to the growth of this vast tree of murder, corruption, and sociopathic behavior we're seeing today. A recent ultra-top-secret document that's how it was uh, listed on at the top of the document. Ultra top secret from 1989 has just been handed over. It was leaked uh, to Heather Wade, the host of the radio show Midnight in the Desert. Heather then turned it over after she read it through. She turned it over to um, Stanton Friedman, uh, who's a veteran researcher and authority, uh, and uh, he read it through. And at. First glance said that he sees no evidence has been found, and I'll tell you about all about that when I come back.
1: What are you people?
0: On dope, it's perfect. Shh shh shh. shh. Do you hear that? It's the winds of change. Welcome back, renegade nation. And uh, before I continue with the ultra-top-secret document recently leaked to Heather Wade of the radio show Midnight in the Desert, I want to apologize. We're having some tefical, technical difficulties with sound. Um, there's sometimes like glitches that skip uh, a word or two. Uh, it's, a, it's a mystery. Richie's working on it. But bear with me here. I hope it's not too frustrating as you're listening. So, any nation, what's in this document that veteran researcher Stanton Friedman is authenticating at this very time? Uh, actually, if you follow UFO stuff and the denial by government that UFOs exist in the first place and that they have been involved with them, this actual document will not really surprise you too much, but If it is authentic, as it appears, it is absolute verification of the fact that our and other governments around the world have been dealing with a number of off-world civilizations. Not a big surprise for many people. But this document starts with the incident at Roswell, New Mexico in around 1946 or 47 after World War II. And it goes into detail about what they encountered and why, how, why, and how they dealt with it the way that they did back then and in preceding years. But it also goes into detail of another incident that many people are not as aware of, which occurred in the similar time period, but this one took place in Aztec, New Mexico. They were able to enter the craft in Aztec and found four humanoid beings, an adult male and three small children, a female and two males who did not all survive, if I remember correctly. but the adult male did. And after they resuscitated him uh, after you know excavation of the area and taking everything a secure place, they found he spoke perfect English. Uh, there's a section in the document that condenses the total of one year's time of interviews that were done with the extraterrestrial biological entity, or EBE. Uh, The diplomatic arrangement whereby at that time it was agreed that he would convey information and talk to them as long as the government did not insist he talk about the technologies of his world to any great degree so as not to alter the Earth's current path of technological evolution, which was agreed to. After the approximate one year of having this EVE as a guest by the federal government, arrangements were made for his return his own kind. It's very interesting stuff, although it doesn't convey anything too shocking to those who follow this stuff, much of it has been covered in documentaries and even movies. But it's still an interesting read, which I include in my links along with a link to download the full document for free. Also of note in these documents that they give the names and bios of the originating twelve members of Majestic 12 among other things, such as the fact that diplomatic agreements were made at that time in 1947-48. to So, I'm just going to read some of the more interesting questions and answers that were included in these condensed interviews, these conferences. And what is also apparent is this EBE has a sense of humor, and he said that it's an important aspect of their culture, as you will see within what I read here. And bear with me, because I'm reading from the actual PDF I downloaded. Uh, at places, it's not clearly legible. So I'm going to scan down as I read, because uh, I didn't have time to take notes first on all of this. So once again, bear with me. And uh, he talks about, you know, they ask him his name, and he says it's very difficult to translate it into English, because they it's all very different, so I won't go into that part of it. But... One of the questions is, um, why is your written language so different from ours? And the answer is, why is yours so different from the Egyptian of 30 centuries ago? Forgive me, but that is not a simple problem. The group I belong to gave up any identification with any one planet or its culture before your people learned to make fire. There were once thousands of languages, both oral and written, in our many civilizations. It became important to use symbols to represent whole words or even concepts that all of us held in common. Soon, your culture will do the same with public signboards at first. Travel and intercommunications of many peoples will always cause this. Question, why are you here? Specifically, to bring you these children. And we like trees. (laughs) Would you mind expanding on that? Certainly. In what direction? You see, we would hate to see you blow up such a pretty little planet to ruin so many nice trees if you only knew how hard it is to make a tree from scratch. People are easy. They follow naturally. But not without trees, of course. Green things must be respected above all else except children and are very much alike what are the intentions of your government by sending you here who and why if this isn't the first time evidenced by your familiarity with English why haven't there been official contacts made he sighed in reverse order what and to be strung up from one of those beautiful trees why because you sent us an invitation we could not resist for our own curiosity as well as our safety we sent ourselves or I've volunteered take your pick and we have no government we outlawed it or rather we outgrew it I suppose you cannot outlaw a thing without laws and those require governments do they not I don't understand I know that try laughing you'll still you'll still not understand but you will feel better about your ignorance But that's not good enough. Make me understand. It will have to suffice. One cannot teach until a student wants to learn. How good do you want us to be? I will not harm you. We will not harm you or interfere any more than you want us to. We are only here to offer what you asked for in a manner we know you will accept. And you did ask us to come and visit. When? Who sent you? Who invited you? 50 of your years ago, you sent us signals for us, and you scared us with a signal you should not have been capable of sending, so we answered, but you didn't understand our answer then, just as you don't now. We do our best to, uh, I can't these ethers? I'm not sure. When you didn't respond to our message to you and you did not come for a visit, we felt that we really ought to stop by and see how you were doing. It has been a long time, and it was a neighborly thing to do, of course. Besides, it was right on the way to another destination, your world, I mean. You've been here before? I know. We were surprised that you had forgotten us. I don't see how we could forget you. Are you serious? Very seldom. But yes, your culture, which now dominates this civilization, did forget us. Actually, your people seem to have undergone a period of history in which you were so afraid of old truths that you erased them in favor of religious fantasy. Some of your people remembered us orally in their legends, such as those who speak uh, Kahuil I'm not sure, Narragansett, or Af- Athabascan dialects. They lived where we last visited but the high point of their culture is long past. I've never heard of them. I'm not surprising your history shows that the conqueror seldom preserves any history of their victims. I speak of the natives of this landmass, those called Indians, most on your eastern and southern borders and in the ribbon of land that connects yours to the southern continent. Navajos, Aztecs, Incas, uh, the Omecs, and the Toltec cultures—cultures. These were all greater than your own civilization at a time when you were burning witches and killing their cats, which brought a plague that killed millions of your ancestors. Of course, you drove them and drove them mad and destroyed them with venereal diseases and smallpox. Those you didn't slaughter for their gold. Oh. So anyway, the things go where they talk about, you know, that they did come. But uh, I'm gonna I'm just scanning down here because I want to cover a couple of other things real quick here. Uh, Can you tell me the name of? And he's talking about the 50 years previously. Can you tell us his name? Are there any other proofs of your earlier visits? And he said thousands of proofs. If you look around. The scientist I spoke of was an electrical researcher named Nikola Tesla. You're old enough to have heard of him when he was still alive. You know, I just thought it was a very good puzzle for someone of you to solve. Uh, Here's a good puzzle. On an island you named the Isle of Pines in your Pacific Ocean, you will find what is left of concrete landing platforms we built. There were 115 of your centuries ago. You cannot miss finding that since the footings we put down still cover many acres. Look for these if you would like to. No culture on your planet could have built them at that time. It would be fun for me if you ever locate them because my great-grandfather helped to pour the mortar forth. <laughs> How long do your people live? And he says, somewhat too long, I think at times. We have built up our age somewhat. I would, it would vary, but I was alive when your whole continent was practically a question mark on the sea charts. What about these babies we found with you? Are they human? What are they supposed, what are we supposed to do with them? Raise them, of course, as I would have done. Certainly they are human, perhaps more so whose definition we use. You are too far away from understanding the whole science of bioengineering, yet for this to be sensible, but just accept that we have some of the seeds of a rich harvest for your culture, and this will continue. They are only children, not monsters, but raise them well, please, because the care of children is one of the few things that we do not laugh about. And the guy says, I remember this man, Tesla, you spoke of. He died during the war in 1943, but I never heard that he tried to contact other worlds. The answer was, it was in all of your papers, along with the uh, the story of how he was always being taken to court by his neighbors for creating lightning which struck their properties. Besides, when Tesla wouldn't answer, we sent a reply to your great inventor, Marconi, that we had arrived for a visit really? When was this? I'm sure he never reported it. You see how you hear but you don't really listen? Again, it made all the papers. We'd just arrived here in, oh, 1920 or 22, and we sent him the letter uh, in his own code. It meant that he had visitors. He told everyone that he knew for certain that the signal came from outer space, but nobody really listened. Well, After that, we began to figure out that your man Tesla was way ahead of the rest of your science. Even by accident, he shouldn't have learned how to do what he did in his lifetime. Okay, that's all I'm going to read here. Uh, It just shows you that it's just a really interesting conversation that they had with this EBE over the course of that year before he was sent back to his own kind. Uh, And it does verify for a lot of people, yes, we are not alone never have been (laughs) and there are civilizations out there that wish uh... deal with us uh... in a very open and friendly manner in fact in the document the one last thing i will say is is that they described four different types of uh... biological entities that they were aware of at that time uh... by nineteen eighty nine and they talked of the the majority of them were humanoid, very much human-looking. Although they might have some slight variances uh, in their biological structure, like having two livers, things like that. But basically, very human. And uh, then there were also mm, uh, beings that came from areas that had a morphogenic difference in the way they evolved, and they were considered dangerous because. They didn't um, see human beings as sacred in any way. In fact, were probably used uh, and been utilized uh, as food for them. So uh, they said that they've had very few dealings with those species, but uh, they have had a few unfortunate ones. Things like that. So I suggest you go to my uh, my homepage, ISBE Connecting the Dots, if you want to download this document. Uh, get the link to it and download it and read it. It's really fascinating. Anyway, I thank you for listening, but I do want to conclude with this one point which I brought up in the last thing, and that is the deep state. When our governments around the world began having these relations, diplomatic relations, with various civilizations off-world, there has been apparently exchanges of technologies that the deep state uh, has suppressed from humanity and um, that and it is done in secrecy and it's almost like there's a rogue civilization going on where they are dealing with advanced technologies of a result of these relationships but we are still stuck with combustion engines and uh, polluting tactics and destruction of the planet but this is all for a very few people To enjoy themselves, and that's uh, another reason why you have things like the Georgia Guidestones, where you know they basically have this dream and an agenda to eliminate like uh, two thirds of the population of the entire planet, so they could just have the planet for themselves and move on in their Star Trek existence. It's things like that, and so that's how the deep state has continually grown and expanded to include the control of politics and governments and corporations and religions and so on and so forth. And that was the point I was trying to make. The insanity we're seeing today is the result of their nondisclosure to humanity of the real reality of what is actually true. So that's all I'm summing up for on today's show. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll be back soon. This is Everly Isby, Connecting the Dots, and this is Renegade Talk Radio. Bye-bye.